Welcome to Startup Build, the show where we discuss what it's like to build a tech startup and a startup ecosystem in a small city. I'm Mike Wolsfeld, our host is Dan Gold, and this week we have a special update episode for you. In season one of our podcast, in episode four, we interviewed Riley Iverson of Townfolio. We uh, don't usually get invited back to these things. Since then, Riley and his co-founder Davey Lee were accepted into the Kansas City Techstars Accelerator program. Well, we're a city data as a service platform and we provide uh, data automation for local governments. Uh, and that's it in a nutshell. Well, Riley and Davey are back and they have a lot to share about the roller coaster ride that is Techstars and what's next for Townfolio. Welcome to Startupville. Startupville is brought to you by Innovation Place and Martin Charlton Communications. You've done a few things in the meantime since we, since we last caught up, and we're intrigued to see how your journey's gone so far. Obviously, this is a, a catch-up episode. Hey, we might do it again in about a year's time. That'd be great. Maybe we could do it every year. Sure. I'm not okay. sure. Maybe we should. Um, I might but... be a K-pop star by then. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we didn't bring him on the first one. <laughs> I'm actually Davy's publicist. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty big in Korea. <laughs> So I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna start with this question, um, Davey. What is it you do? What have you brought to the team? And um, how have you? How did you go about uh, kind of flying your flag for wanting to be involved? Yeah. Well, outside of my singing and dancing abilities, um, I uh, I'm just kidding. Um, I uh, actually we st- when I moved to Saskatoon from Toronto. I, uh, I proposed this idea to Riley of uh, some pain points I experienced with uh, working with the Irish governments. I worked in, in Dublin for about a year helping Irish companies expand into Canada. And um, uh, my skill set, particularly within this dynamic, is more technical. Um, but I don't call myself like a, like a proper programmer, a bit of like a jack of all trades. Uh, I do a lot of data work right now, particularly. So when it comes to ETL processes, but um, my my role in this okay let's stop there what what are etl processes? oh my apologies <laughs> that's what happens when you bring an engineer onto a podcast we start throwing acronyms out thinking people understand them <laughs> <laughs> um etl stands for extract transform load it's a process that is commonly used in big data companies where uh you just take some data and make it useful for the output afterwards um but that's primarily my role right now a lot of data work Okay, so Riley, bringing him into the team, what was what was the focus at the time that you said we need him in? Well, uh, I wouldn't have been able to tell you what an ETL was, so that kind of sums it up right there. <laughs> no, but um, well, Davey and I co-founded the company together, so um, both him and I previously had backgrounds in economic development, and um, I saw this idea from a completely different standpoint, more in the realm of how do we save small town Main Street, uh, city marketing issues, and uh, Davy saw the data issue. And for the last three years, we've been grappling with, are we a data company? Are we a marketplace to help cities attract investment? In fact, if you probably listened to my last elevator pitch on the podcast, I believe it has changed since what I've said then, where we've really decided to focus on that niche of, of being a data company. So we kind of came into this with two different angles. And now we're three years into this thing and uh, we've, we've gone down the data path. So um, that, that's one avenue. But Davey is the technical guy. He's our chief data officer and I'm more the business mind behind Townfolio. 
so you've changed the tagline to reflect this as well. Correct. What is the new tagline? Yeah, City Data as a Service. We just thought it was a little bit more inclusive of, of what exactly we do. Um, and, and frankly, we've been best known to serve economic developers in the economic development space. Uh, but we're now growing into, uh, we're receiving interest let's say from the socioeconomic side as well. So health indicators, crime rates, so on and so on. So we felt it was a little bit more inclusive to say city data as a service, as opposed to just economic development and economic data. And when we talk about growth and, and what's changed in the meantime, how has the, well, let's get down to it. How sure. is the client book looking now compared to when we last spoke in episode four? Uh, everything has changed all for the better. Um, I, I don't remember the exact date we were on, but we raised a seed round. We went to, uh, an amazing accelerator, um, a big theme for, um, 2018 that we said in hindsight reviewing with the team was figuring out who we are as a company. So Davey and I had never built a team before. Uh, we now have a team of seven and we're looking to add a few more, um, our sales and, and user base skyrocketed last year. Uh, we operationalized the company. Um, we've got a couple new products in the mix. So it was an amazing year, but I won't say it wasn't painful. It wasn't just sit back and, and enjoy the ride. So a lot has definitely changed since we last spoke. So there's, there's been growth, there's been challenges. You've seen opportunities. You've obviously leapt at them as well. Um, when, when you look at your ethos of, of being your, just purely from team size and, and working with your coworkers, your team, how has, how has that changed in the time? And David, maybe you've got a perspective on this. How has like our dynamic changed? With, yeah. Okay. Um, well, a lot of the things when, I guess the last time Riley was on this, this call, we were learning how to build a team. We, yeah. we've never had any experience of managing to the scale of like, you know, role defining um, and, and making sure everyone was accountable to what they were supposed to do. This past year, particularly for me, was learning how to be a manager um, and and just giving like goals to our individual uh, employees on what what they're specifically tasked to do. Um, so that was for me. Now, as a data guy, that that can't necessarily be an easy thing. No, it's really hard for me. I've always been... Especially more... as the guy over there says he's the business guy. Yeah. <laughs> How come he had to do it? Oh, it was both. <laughs> I, I think uh, something to add into that would just be, to add on to what Davey's saying, would be, as founders, you have to learn to let go of things mm -hmm. because it was the Riley and Davey show for, for two and a half years, or give or take. And when you're doing everything, the company's built around you. So... Um, I think a bigger challenge for, for Davey in particular is learning how to uh, delegate responsibilities and entrust uh, the team that you've built, uh, the amazing team that we've built, with handling the things that the founders used to do. Um, Absolutely. And I sometimes had sometimes unrealistic expectations that one person can do all the same things that I did. Yeah. And, and just, well, I've always done it. So why can't you? Exactly. Yeah. And but I've learn to have to separate that out that one part of what I do is basically a full-time job for one individual. So that really epitomizes it, it, it epitomizes what scaling is. Take it rather than having yeah. one person doing all of those jobs and you take something else on, you have multiple people doing the specific tasks and that is scaling. Absolutely. Yeah, agreed.
Where um, you both met uh, through Futurepreneur. Yeah. Kijiji. Uh, Kijiji. Yeah. No, no, I'm just <laughs> Misconnection. It's a misconnection ad, and the I guy responded. on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Sleepless in Seattle. Sleepless in Seattle, thinking of a guy with red hair. <laughs> <laughs> I was six foot two. <laughs> and again, I always feel short when that reference is made. Um, when, uh, when you two uh, came together, how quickly was the relationship formed? And it's like, we do want to do this. So um, hmm. I can speak from my perspective. So um, I, I moved to Saskatoon because uh, my wife uh, found, I was doing her residency here in Saskatchewan. Uh, she's an anesthesiologist. And uh, having thinking that Toronto was the center of the universe. Isn't I, it? Uh, oh, I don't think Isn't it is anymore. It, it was. <laughs> um, <laughs> thinking moving to Saskatoon uh, wasn't scary but when you don't know anybody in, in a place you kind of start reaching out to people so uh i found out that riley worked in saskatoon and i think i gave you a call initially and i think we talked about the writers or something like that i forgot what it was but he offered to give me tours of the city too typical i don't guys. know if he's putting i think i swear he's putting words in my mouth <laughs> we'll go with it but look at that bonding <laughs> over sport what do we what do we bond <clears throat> on let's do sport absolutely yes. and the reality is i don't actually watch football so <laughs> it sounds like an awkward first date it was but i remember when i first moved here and i actually like reached out to riley he gave me a tour of the city a bit and uh he offered and i don't know i think I, I guess i kept on bugging you about stuff i really don't remember how i started hanging out with you what was the, what was your question <laughs> Your question is how how did we connect and decide that we we're going to do this together? Okay, yeah. Davey's treating this quick, more like how quick a process was that? <laughs> I'm I'm getting the date movie in a wrong call. He is. What's he's, he's got different version? things on his mind. Uh, the Riley version. I do remember uh, we were sitting just two doors down at um, O'Shea's, and and Davey was pitching uh, business ideas. Uh, JV's a cheap drunk. I think he was a little buzzed after a couple beers. <laughs> he starts he starts it. flinging out ideas, and uh, one of them was one of them was terrible. But then he uh, really piqued my interest with this uh, data issue in economic development. And of course, I shared already the way that I saw issues in economic development. And I really don't think oh, actually that to be fair, um, we didn't jump right in. Um, I'd had some experience working with other founders and then, um, you know, through my previous work, just seeing how businesses start up. And uh, we actually did some flown interrogation. Like, are you some sort of creepy weirdo? <laughs> Have you had a bankruptcy? Um, you know, it's all the essentials of due diligence, isn't it? Yeah, I think in fairness, we we did um, we did do um, some fair due due diligence on each other to start that up. But it it was a trustworthy process, and both Davey and I were really keen to to give something a try. We didn't quit our jobs either, so okay. we we hedged our bets initially. So. Yeah. The due diligence piece actually interests me because very few or, or very rarely do we talk about this with founders. How deeply, how deep a dive did you do and should people go to? Can you go to the extent of driving yourself nuts going through someone's social feed for the last six years in case there's some sort of dodgy comment? Um, do you check referees? What was your process? Essentially what I shared before, I don't think it went much deeper than that, that for myself. I find, um, and this is, I guess, 
being involved with this company and having the opportunity to travel all over meeting people from all different walks of the world, I find in the prairies, especially people born and raised here can very much be like, ah, you know, I don't know your grandpa. We don't go back generations yeah. together. I don't know if I trust you. Yeah. And I think we take that innocent until proven guilty approach. I mean, you want to do some, some due diligence, but I don't know. We, we also had a working history together. Yeah. So we could ask our former colleagues or our colleagues at the time, you know, is this, that was is this guy decent? For me. So like I remember uh, Riley's uh, superior, Joelle, I actually asked her uh, what uh, she thought of you and she just had glowing things to say. And I, I knew Joelle to some extent. So that was like usually a pretty good reference for me to say generally people speak highly of Riley. So it's great that you got together, obviously. It's nice that you um, formed a, a professional partnership based on mutual respect, I'm guessing, and um, the appreciation of what each other's abilities and limitations were. Yeah. And you drew a box around what I do, what you do, and, you know, the bits that we can learn together and how we can support each other. How did that feed into... Um, as you've gone from uh, from earlier days to now, into your growth strategy with whether it's skills that you've picked up since, and we want to get on very shortly onto the um, the program that you've yeah. just been away uh, and been a part of, and I'd like you to go into talking about sure, textiles. Sure. But how did that all work for you? That that evolution of how do we how do we add the skills as along with people as well. I think it's my role has always been pretty straightforward as the CEO. Um, but maybe to focus, focus more on, on Davey's position of shifting of, um, is Davey an ops guy? Um, is he just data? Is he dev? Um, Davey brings a couple different skill sets. We, we like to call him the in-house unicorn. You know, he's master of none. He's a bit <laughs> of a data guy, a bit of a dev, and, and he can also close deals. So, I'll, I'll let you speak to it. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's always been clear with what Riley's role was, like leadership and 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 strategy along with product. Uh, I think where it's just been a bit tricky with me is just because of my dynamic skill set. It's easy in earlier days just to plug in where it's needed. Yeah. Uh, but as the company's grown, it's been trying to like help me focus on what is probably best suited. And I think we're honing down on data and some operations here. Um, but it's, 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 it's not an easy thing to narrow down, especially for an individual like me. But uh, I think it's just as you grow, it becomes a bit more clear where you're most needed. And you kind of let the company dictate uh, your, your path. We've also used Davey in the sense of uh, we need this spot filled in particular right now, we really need help on sales. We really need to have an ops focus right now, or we've got a big data project. So he's bounced back and forth where my job's predominantly stayed steady. So hopefully that kind of answers where, where you're going, I think, maybe. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Okay. And and it's interesting because um, more and more research is pointing to, you know, lots of people have mocked historically the jack of all trades, master of none moniker where actually we now know that the way people work more now is 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 uh, having uh, particular specialty skills in a number of areas You're rather right. than yep. being I'm only the sales guy or I'm only the whatever um, and having that flexibility to support a, a um, really dynamic 
uh, way of working these days. We're we're moving away from a lot. The corporations will always be there. The big machines, yeah. the big behemoths will always be there. They will always be funding those massive middle management because of those structures. Yet we've got this agility in smaller firms. Um, you know, uh, smaller firms have up into the thousands compared to yeah. the hundreds of thousands. And they do take someone with multiple skills and the ability to go, okay, well, this is the focus area and just be that constantly, um, constantly changing shape that supports the objectives of the organization. And let's not just give founders credit for that. Let's give yeah, our, our team members. Yeah. That, so that's everyone, our, isn't it? Our founding team, um, I could go through anybody on our team and say, yeah. we've had uh, devs, presented conferences. I mean, we have very dynamic team members, but I'll mention one in particular, our uh, office manager, Shauna, um, was hired. I think we hired her less than a week before we moved to the US. Yeah. And she admitted to us when we moved back that she's like, you've, uh, you know, hired me on as your office manager. I've never really met you. I mean, you interviewed me. <laughs> um, and uh, it's worked out great, but I, I, I mapped out for our team just just how complex her role with us can be and, and how pivotal of a role it is. But to the point is there was no week or two week long training process. It was like, here's the job and uh, figure it out, please. Uh, we'll <laughs> yeah. throw in a please, you know, to, to kind of be kind. But the especially founding team members deserve a lot of credit because they have to be very dynamic too. Yeah. So. And we actually say that in our job descriptions and our when we put out a job posting is we do look for team members who do have a particular specialty, but a bit more dynamic and flexible with how we use them. So I want to get on to flexibility and uh, particularly how you have dealt with um, having been away, have people carry oh. on working here and coming back, the dynamic of effectively forcing yourself into remote working. And I'm looking at this and I'm seeing um, Kansas uh, City Office address. Your email earlier had Kansas City Office's the first address, Saskatoon in the second address. It was in that order. I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you on this. Why that order? And secondly, um, we'll go into now the, the whole of the Techstars story. Sure. Um, there's one reason and one reason only, Dan. Um, to please our potential American clients. Um, great learning lesson. Uh, companies from America breaking into Canada, I think Canadians are much more willing and, and um, more interested in, oh my God, what's going on in America? And that's so cool that it's coming here. Case in point, Uber seems about to launch into uh, Saskatoon mm -hmm. and everyone's really excited. Yep. Now, if it was some Canadian company with Canadiana launching into America, they would say, why should we care? So um, the point of that is um, learning lessons of trying to scale into the United States of saying uh, something as simple as a .ca email can throw off um, a potential deal. And, and so that was a learning experience. It, it, it by no means uh, is saying that we're, you know, moving away from Saskatoon or, or anything of that nature. It's just a supplement uh, to, yeah. It falls into this space of, let's face it, it comes down to the marketing. Yeah. 
Yes, and unfortunately, it, yeah. And 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 the truth is, and you can even say this. I, I have this interprovincially within Canada when I'm working with different yeah. brands. If they feel uh, that in Alberta, if suddenly a Saskatchewan company is trying to market into Alberta, they'll go, "Well, yeah, but you're from over there," and it's almost this. Um, like tribalism along the lines of um, the sports teams. It's like, well, you're, right. you're the rival team. You're from over there. But it's the same when some Alberta companies try to come to here. Uh, and then when you look at the international side, I, I don't think you're wrong. And it's certainly a challenge. And if you can have a home base within a country that you're marketing to, it doesn't hurt. Let's face it. If we look at um, Vendasta having their office in Ireland, they are really well positioned from a marketing point of view, regardless of the activity that they do there to say, hey, we're in Europe. I think that's, it's also worth mentioning too, um, this podcast being one of those factors that when Davey and I started this company three years ago, there wasn't much of an ecosystem. And so even take this podcast and raising the awareness level of the amazing talent and the amazing thing ha things happening in our tech community that three years ago when we spent the bulk of our time traveling out to Toronto and they're, you know, impressed with what we do and they're like, you're from where? Like, aren't you even guys just farmers? Canada. We get, we got that pretty bad. And then, so I think, Expanding into the U.S. And, and that experience has brought a lot of cred with the rest of the country. But even since we've moved back, the bar has just been set so much higher in this province or even, you know, just amongst the early stage startup space of Davey and I can remember back to, I want to say six to eight months ago when it was a big deal to raise a seed round. And now that's just a commonplace thing. Um, we're getting venture capital in place. We have an amazing angel community. We're seeing more and more startups go to the U.S., do Series A. So um, I'm glad to see that perspective changing. So. So let's get on to the, the next stage. So obviously you've got the address on there. The address is connected with a whole backstory of you being away. Yeah. Um, so as we went into that question, I was asking about how the, how the dynamic of working with your team remotely worked. Um, you've said about their agility and ability to, uh, to apply themselves to different areas, including yourselves. Um, tell me about the Techstars process how, how uh, what the entry program was like, and then still operating an organization from another country, effectively. <laughs> how did that go? So the, the application, um, actually, to be honest, like we, me and Riley, we were both him and Hamin about whether we should apply to uh, an accelerator at that point. Um, and then um, I think at a moment we were like, you know, I think I don't think we're going to do it until we jumped on a call with one of the mentors there. His name's Nick Bowden. He, uh, he has a startup or a company that works within Sidewalk Labs. It's a, a subsidiary of uh, Google. And we got on a call. We had an hour discussion with them. And we were just convinced that we have to go to Kansas City. We were eyeing up a winter cohort yeah. to be honest uh <laughs> especially true. for days That's like true. today but yeah. um the opportunity uh, came out yeah and uh nick uh he introduced us to uh lisa mitchell who was the managing director at techstars uh kansas city and we had another conversation with her and it just made a lot of sense for our industry uh given that we're in the gov tech space and that there's a gov tech or it seems to be a gov tech hub uh brewing in kansas city yeah. 
and the opportunity uh, and the connections just made sense for us to go down there. So yeah, it was an application process. We had to fly down there to pitch. Yeah, I think the acceptance process is one or two percent of companies yes. make it in. So we were pretty honored to have that um, opportunity. Um, we moved down there and they throw you right in the fire. Um, I think a good way to maybe look at it would be three month program. Month one is a lot of mentorship. You have a hundred mentor speed dates in three weeks. They call it drinking from a fire hose. It was unbelievable. And we're not, we're talking about the best mentors you can ever dream of. We have, you know, Google mentors, Bloomberg mentors, the list goes on and on. Month two is more dedicated to building whatever you decide uh, your your program focus is going to be. And, and we can dig into that if you'd like. Month three is um, partially building, but really dedicated to demo day. It, it literally gets treated like uh, a Broadway theatrical production. I can't tell you how much... <laughs> time and effort went into a five minute pitch and um, there's the person pitching, but there's also the person (laughs) flipping the slides, which was Davey who had to literally, there is no clicker yet to know every single word I was saying. So he had to memorize that too. There's just as much pressure. So I was not a big fan um, of that process. I really believe that Rowley should have been given a clicker, (laughs) but needless to say, I think it's probably also an unwritten psychological test of connecting with your founder. I don't know, but (laughs) Um, that that is the process of, of how the program worked. Yeah. I, I see how psychometric profiling has evolved as a result Probably. of clicker-free presentations. Yeah. Um, I'm interested where you're talking about the first the first um, part of it was the mentoring period, and then you went into the developing or the evolving of yeah. your idea. Having spoken in that or having having interacted with so many top grade mentors through that period. From doing the application, you obviously knew that there would be some of this programming being involved. Sure. Um, How much, in truth, did it change where you were at and where you wanted to be? Did it force uh, a a few pivots in operation or market? What what difference did those mentors make? (laughs) Um, It's hard to put that into something simply summed up. Uh, we could talk on that one for a long time. So just the mentors. Two minutes and go. Yeah. So (laughs) you mean, so just from a mentor perspective, Yeah. good and bad. So we're in the GovTech space. And one of the summaries of the program was we figured out in 2018, who are we? And in that program, we're a GovTech company. But most people, these mentors, any mentor that you meet, they don't understand GovTech and they don't want you to be in GovTech. They saw us as a FinTech or a PropTech play. And um, just just explain what PropTech is. Uh, like property technology. Okay. And yeah. finance technology. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we were more looking at a FinTech play and um, we didn't actually end up going forward with it. We don't regret it whatsoever because Davey and I like to think we want to leave every card on the table to say we looked at all the possibilities, but it all came back to a five minute meeting with our lead mentor, Nick, that Davey mentioned before saying, you know that you were a GovTech company when you came down and I told you that you're going to hear this. And we're like, oh yeah, uh, because FinTech's a sexy space to be in and, and GovTech has some barriers. But um, from a marketing sales operations, I mean, they fundamentally changed the way that we think about 
our company and building companies, meeting these people. Absolutely. And what was great though was, you know, you know, we we looked at like all the the plays like fintech and prop tech, and what was fantastic was that the mentors and uh, the people at TechStars provided us introductions to the key people to validate whether these were viable options. So it wasn't just like, here's an idea, experiment. I'm going to introduce you to the right people, and then you can validate for yourself. Every door that you could dream of opening and doors that, you know, we had no business going through uh, is something that, you know, we were given the opportunity. In taking part in a program like that, and, and I want to go back or circle back to the point of um, your presentation uh, in a moment, because I'm still intrigued with the clicker free presentation sure. and, and, you know, the symbiotic relationship. Um, <laughs> uh, when you uh, went into that and you already knew what you were and you had other people, mentors who are who are experts in yes. their field. Lots of people look at mentoring. I just want to validate this this specific point or this specific area. Um, when when you look at the mentoring and you then test the ideas rather than going, well, pff, we're not fintech or we're not that, yeah. we're not this. What is that validation process like? Because it'd be very easy to you know stomp your foot and go, hey, we know what we are how what's the conversation look like and i'm sure it's different with different people where you go well we're not that because dot 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 how do you how do you work around that piece there were some uh instances where we're like yeah that's no we're, we're just not doing that um but the fintech i mean davy and i have a bit of fintech back not fintech but finance backgrounds so we already had a bit of a understanding and we've talked to banks in the past um, but I think it was collectively Davey and I saying, hey, we don't, you know, the other part is summer is a great time in GovTech to experiment. That's not the time to be closing deals in the GovTech space. Or like if there's a time to try this out, we have a spotlight right now. And um, Davey and I kind of came together. We said, let's give this a four to six week experiment. And Techstars was able to open a lot of doors uh, to a lot of banks and the American banking system works completely different than our banking system. There's something like 53,000 banking locations in the United States. And um, it was literally like, I want to say 20, yeah. 30 bank meetings. And then we said, we do or we do not have something here. And um, we decided to revert back to the GovTech focus. And um, we still keep in touch with some of these prospects for the data platform as it evolves. Yeah. Um, so what, what was great though, is just because it of the Techstars program had shortcutted that whole four to six week oh, progress, yeah. which could have been arguably maybe a year or maybe yes. more of just trying to get in the right doors. Yeah. And, and a lot of the time you might not get in the door in the first place. Exactly. Yeah, that too. Yeah. So. so just bringing it back to this presentation that you did. Yeah. Um, five minute presentation, panel of people you're presenting to. Who's in the room? Um, well, yeah, I think there was five or six hundred people. Yeah, and they it was all a varied. big event. Yeah, they all varied from venture capitalists, from like top firms, leading mentors, uh, a lot of like angel investors, uh, big company firms. It was every everyone that was. And it wasn't a panel. It was uh, it was just a, a pitch. And okay. then if they wanted to talk to you after, they could. But um, I think another 
sort of nerve-wracking thing is part of it is you have this these five minutes and there's no cuts um you screw up it's on video and and so the biggest thing is you get to take that video or it will follow you you know whatever you <laughs> want to look at it as a piece of marketing propaganda moving forward to share and it's major credibility and we've been able to leverage it um rather wow. well but um that's how the process works so you day. absolutely don't want to be one of those videos on youtube watch this worst pitch ever <laughs> it makes dragons then look like you know absolutely nothing it's like oh yeah. melting down on stage wanting to crawl into a little ball rocking in the corner of the yeah room. exactly um <laughs> so you did the presentation you got through it and you worked truly as a team which is a which is a healthy thing yes. um after the presentation's done, I take it that there's a roster. There. There's going to be another presentation, another, another, another. Oh, yeah, all the all the companies in the cohort went back to back. Yeah, and uh, it gets to the end, and then there's a mixer event, or is it a case of you go off to another room and anyone interested in you comes to you? How does that piece work? Um, both. So there was, uh, yeah, definitely after it was part of a Kansas City Tech Week. So there's a lot of buzz going on in the city. Uh, you know, a lot of opportunities were there. And I think for those that uh, really want to talk to you, it's just like when you do kind of a conference presentation, there's usually a group of people that really resonated, you know, majority probably didn't, but there's that kind of core group that really, really wants to talk to you. So it worked out kind of that way. And yeah, you're right. There was, there was a kind of a networking event after as a further opportunity to meet people. And then absolutely the founders all got together at the end of the night and partied away to forget that day. <laughs> Was the was the conversation based on how did you find the experience experience of not having a clicker? <laughs> uh, I think it was just relief. Yeah. I think everyone was just because um, that that three month process. Um, it's just, it just feels like a massive battle, and um, you know it, it all gets summed up in that night that um, this is over, and you become very very close with those people in your core. You spend every day with them. It's a space not much bigger than this boardroom here that yeah. there's 10 companies um, and, and we all get to know each other. And, and I mean, intense things are said, very, very personal things are said through a, a program like this. So. So in that time that you're, you're in the, with your cohort, everyone's together, those, those people, you obviously build relationship with these people in in very different organizations and and it becomes its own support network i'm kind of guessing that they hear what you're going through and you hear what they're going through and it's kind of a bit of a you know i'm not going to say off to camp together to to uh, support but there's got to be an understanding that you're all in that intense environment together and you get what they're going through uh, did that feel a piece of the of the of the program itself in that you are thrust together with people that you don't know and you do effectively have to form relationships very quickly to not distract from each other yeah i mean i think one of the uh cohort companies put it best is that it's uh techstars is like crossfit for startups it's a um, massive boot camp yeah it's yeah. a massive boot camp and as a byproduct you just start developing relationships with your cohort and you get you know you, you take go out for lunch or drinks and they'll just talk about all of the challenges and the pros and cons of everything you just you and you can you can relate because you've probably either gone through it or going through it yourself 
Um, and I, I personally like the bond I've had with some of the, the companies there is great. I've, it was, it was just fantastic to know that, you know, you get along or get to know these 10 other companies really well. Um, and they're people from all different yeah. parts of the world. And we have those relationships here too, you know, thanks to being in collabs. And we kind of say that, uh, Davey and I look at it as well, two things. Um, there's kind of a founder code that, you know, sometimes when you're having a chat with another founder, this is a closed door conversation. And the other thing is founder therapy. You know, when you get a text from, you know, one of your close founder friends, you know, they're going through something and your schedule might be really busy, but you make time for that person because you know, when you're in that situation, uh, you want to be heard. So we, we kind of look at it as like a therapy thing. What intrigues me about the process is obviously you've, you've gone in there, you've got these really in, intense periods of time with all these mentors and then uh, looking at the organization operationally or directional um, and then, you know, running through the presentation and, and just the relationships. Back to the earlier question, how do you then do that whilst running a business? How do you not get completely sidetracked and effectively business goes to zero whilst you're doing this? I'd imagine a lot of um, um, solopreneurs would, would go to this or, or if there's yeah. a couple of guys on their own, they go to it and they go, do you know what? We've just got to pause it effectively, focus on this and then get back to it. You have a team. How did that work for you? I can cover, yeah, I'll cover the team part. But I know one thing that David was reflecting with, with me on before this was that he, he wishes that we would have actually went sooner than yeah. we did. Absolutely. And the reason I say that is you're getting thrown so many new ideas and concepts that when you're earlier stage, it's easier to, to adapt to those because you don't have to worry about a team of six people. Okay. You don't have to worry about some of the other things that is already operating today. Um, and knowing what I know now, if we were to ever do a company in the future, it's you go early to these accelerators because they just they provide you the opportunity to, to experiment a lot quicker. Validate, figure out what's this company made of, figure out what are you made of going yeah. through a program like this. But since we were... We're not later stage, but you know, a little bit later on in the journey, not well, quite. I mean, you've stage. got staffing, which is a yeah. which is a thing. So you've still got responsibilities to maintain. So they covered our butt, really. I mean, yeah. when we said, "Hey, <laughs> can't imagine getting a Slack message from the founders. <laughs> hey, we're gonna look at a fintech play." They're probably like, "These, oh man." You know, like, <laughs> um, so yeah, having a team is everything. But um, something that that definitely needs to be noted is that. The founders bring the vibe. They set the culture. And when the founders are away, um, there can be confusion or, you know, maybe uh, maybe there's unease or uncertainty in the office because they don't know what's going on on a day to day. And a lot of times we weren't necessarily available and maybe we'll message them at nine at night when, you know, they're hopefully at home. So um, they definitely helped weather that storm, but it can definitely, if you're not careful, completely sidetrack you. But Davey and I saw it as an experiment. We said summertime is is dead season for GovTech. This is the perfect time to learn and experiment. But a huge, huge, huge takeaway for us was not even, you know, coming up with some insane idea or something like that. It was literally operationalizing. Davey and I are run and gun kind of guys. 
And Techstars is founded by engineers. They're very, very meticulous. And um, I, I feel like a lot of that was instilled in us, staying very KPI focused. Here's what it takes to be a venture-backed company. These are the steps that you must follow. Um, and we took a lot of that away. I, I want to say that that was one of my top takeaways is just keeping that focus, staying operations focused. Absolutely. The other thing for me that I took a big takeaway was taking care of your health. Um, like prior to going to Texas, I never really exercised. Um, and when I moved down there, exercise and just taking care of yourself and eating well really helps with a lot of the, the workload that's thrown at you and the ideas. Just because, I mean, a lot of times you and I were up until midnight sometimes just, just working still and then just going at it every day like that. Um, so, uh, it was, it was a big health learning experience for me to just exercise. And so did that form any part of the programming or you just made the conscious decision? I need to go and exercise. I've got to focus on me. I've got to have some me time. This is really intense. Uh, you know, some people go out for a run or a, or a swim and they get to center again. How, how did it work for you? Well, uh, they encouraged it. And, and one of the things they did really well is when they bring other founders who are running successful companies, a lot of them actually say, you know, they exercise and eat well. Uh, and it's some things that you try to take away and add into your own thing, although sometimes successful and unsuccessful, but uh, it's like good practices to try to make the habit of. Okay. This is the piece where we're going to talk from the point of view of your colleagues in the Saskatchewan uh, startup ecosystem and the tech ecosystem. If they have an opportunity or they see, um, you know, an accelerator that's, that's uh, advertised or they've been approached, what is the taste test for you to go, this is worth me going for this for the application process and I can, I can you know, uh, organize my resources to enable me to go? So what would you say to other founders? One thing I would say that Nick Bowden said to us was go to a good accelerator. The biggest value that any accelerator adds is the network that they have access to. Um, and if you go to a smaller unknown one, that access might not be as available. But if you go to a good one, whether it's Techstars or any like Y Combinator, it just has a huge access to uh, a network that can give, you can learn a lot from. That's in my opinion, should be the number one factor when looking at accelerators. And it's not always about brand. It, you may find uh, an absolute perfect niche um, accelerator that knows your vertical. Yeah. And that could be absolutely invaluable. Or it's a very specific relationship or set of mentors and um, different accelerators do take different approaches. But if you're evaluating, I would look at the very first starting point is like, what's the take? Are you taking equity in my company? Are you investing in our company? Uh, will you be able to help us further fundraise? Because a big part of these accelerators is getting you a spotlight and getting you connected, not just to customers, but to raise money. So there's things that you should consider there. Uh, but outside of that, you want to look at, you know, who's on this management team that is going to be giving you this advice. That's a fairly significant one. Who are the mentors that are actually going to be mentoring me? What do they look like? And a really good measure as well is portfolios. I think the big name, the, the bigger name accelerators are always going to say, hey, this is where Uber came. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty basic advice, but you shouldn't overlook any of that stuff. 
and it's also about fit too. Um, you know, we we chose Kansas City because Lisa Mitchell just understood parts of our industry, and obviously the location had um, loca uh, industry benefits. But you know, making sure you get along with the people that are going to be work working with you, uh, that they'll be able to support you during your journey as well. So it wasn't just about going and finding somewhere with sunshine there was real purpose behind it quite clear <laughs> uh, well let's let's get it clear the it was like 38 to 40 celsius for the first few months we lived there i had a hard time adapting to that it was warm it's a great city though yeah so what happened when when we spoke to you previously riley we said you know what what's down the road what's the next step you know what you're doing now and what the shape is of the organization now. And there's a question to both of you, and let's see if you come with the same answer, which would be pretty good. Um, from here, the next six months is, and what percentage of that next six months is based on what you learned at Techstars? I would probably say the percentage is 80 to 90%. Wow. I'm just saying that um, because it's staying really, really focused. Um, and to your question, what does the next six months look like at Townfolio? Um, 2018 was building that team and giving, getting everyone, uh, comfortable. And we had a, a debrief a couple weeks ago with our team to kick off 2019. And we said, this is the year we scale. Um, so written, you know, everywhere is we need to start scaling into the United States with our sales team. Um, and through channel partnerships. Uh, we have two products set to be released in the next two months to further supplement uh, the work that we're already doing with our customer base. So we're really excited, particularly about uh, the possibilities of city performance dashboards and where that can go. So um, it's actually nothing crazy, nothing sexy. It's, it's literally just, we see a couple product opportunities we see uh, further expansion in the Canadian market and possibilities in the United States. And we have to put our heads down and get to work and not get distracted by other opportunities that, that come our way. Absolutely. I mean, you uh, hit the, the nail on the head there with everything that uh, he mentioned. It's, uh, it's pretty much on point. A lot of it is just uh, taking what we have and just uh, you know, making it grow. But, but I also would add in that we talk product, we can talk marketing. Um, Davies received a lot of great um, data mentorship, which is really, really hard. And from a back-end point of view, scaling from our technical processes has changed tenfold in the past six months. We are really, really set up to scale. And, and that's something that you just won't notice on the front end of a product or on your social media. Um, so there's a lot of intangible, non-sexy things that have really changed that are, that are going to set us up for a great year. Isn't that the truth of a lot of business in that a lot of the growth actually comes from the not public facing, unsexy things yeah. from an external point of view? Yet engineers, and I started in the world of IT and, and worked on apps and problem solving in, in health tech. Um, when you are working on those things in the back end, certain people won't find them sexy per se, but when you realize what they can do, it's amazing how sexy they can be. Yes, I, I get 
probably just as excited in, in product dev meetings uh, as I do on the sales and marketing side. Um, yeah, unsung heroes of the company for sure. Yep. Davey, here's a question for you. Sure. Um, from how you've evolved as a person, as a professional, the things that you've learned in the time that you've been with the organization, bringing this all together, bringing on new people, what is the number one thing that you found most difficult to get your head around, but actually you've achieved and it's brought you the most joy? Oh, uh, for me, it's been learning how to delegate. I've always had this, like it's uh, this perspective that I can do everything and it's just faster if I do everything. And it is in the shorter term, but a longer term, it's not. And it's having the patience of working with people to see where, it, where is it that uh, in that component of my work, is it that's confusing? How do I explain this better to you? Uh, and, you know, in the past year, I've been really seeing the fruits of that now, where if you train people the right way, if you delegate the appropriate tasks, it is a huge work relief for you to know that the company can grow now and that I'm not the bottleneck anymore. Um, and that's been uh, the biggest growth for me uh, as an individual professionally. And Riley, it's kind of the same question, but from the point of view of an area of the organization that you didn't previously work in or you you don't focus on with with the uh, operational marketing and, and the, the business growth, the generation side, Another part of the business that's really impressed you, the single piece that you've gone, that's that's been the, I hate to use magic sauce or whatever it is people say, but the thing that you've gone, that's been the difference maker since, we, since we've started that, that biggest growth. Hmm. Um, I like to think that we have a really good reputation with our customers and it would be very stereotypical of me to say we have great service or something of that nature. But um, as an individual, I never realized how much I, I love um, building product. I don't physically build it, but I'm involved in the process, ideation, revenue models, et cetera, et cetera. I absolutely love it. Um, but I would, I would probably put it in the realm of, of product. Um, and we've kept our product simple but it works really well. It works really fast. Of course, I always want to redesign it to the next level, but you know, we just try to keep it simple. Um, if we're going to look at secret sauce uh, data and the way that we process data and our data proficiencies, um, we also realized going down there um, that Townfolio is a data company. We get construed a software or a widget for your website or data visualization. But we said, um, I guess we're going through the initial phases of this accelerator and we said, we really, actually, this is worth noting. This just kind of popped into mind. They said, don't be so Canadian. <laughs> we were super, super offended when we first heard that. <laughs> we're like, what do they mean? Like, I, we're not. I already get that one. Yeah, yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's more of a conservative attitude and the Americans are, you know, bigger and bolder. And then we said, why are we being so shy on just, um, why aren't we absolutely bragging at just how amazing we are at data? Because we are a data company. And I would say that's something that I've been super surprised by that, that we're super proud of. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for joining us on this edition of uh, 
of startupville i'm 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 just pushed completely sideways in my mind my mind is so filled with the things that you've told me today um before we get people to be able to get in touch with you once again and and i i will recommend to people go back to the previous episode it was episode four have a listen to that um and uh, i think that gives the a really round really big picture on what you guys are doing um before we do that connection piece the uh the accelerator is done you're out you're on this side of it what happens in terms of the um the relationships that you've built professional relationships that you've built as a result of being there whether that's uh, an ongoing mentorship or uh, commercial relationships or, or burgeoning something. So I don't want you to go into too many details, mm-hmm. but um, what happens of anything that you picked up there is some more, is a lot more travel to America on the cards. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm headed there uh, in two weeks and uh, well, Davey and I have been back and forth. Uh, we have a, a sales team member heading to Florida. I don't know how he pulled that one away from the founders. He's going to a sunny <laughs> destination. Um, He's getting some sun. But yeah, it's definitely, um, I'm bumping up to travel. Um, and uh, we miss our, the, all the friends that we made there. Uh, we can't stay in touch with absolutely everyone because we've met so many people along that journey. But um, the closest mentors to us predominantly still remain mentors. We talked to tech stars, uh, um, Lisa, uh, Alex, and the team. Uh, on a weekly basis, so we so we keep in touch with everybody there. Still, uh, we're still evaluating potentially hiring a couple people there because scaling that country, we need people literally you there. You need to market people. Don't yeah, you? yeah. So it's it's very much still on our minds, as are the people. Um, yeah. Okay, we've got to that point where uh, we'd like people to have the ability to to get in touch and find out more about you, uh, Davey. Let's start with you. How can people get in touch? Yeah, just uh, my email is davie, D-A-V-I-E, at townfolio.ca, and I'm um, usually pretty responsive to all kinds of questions. We're all at Townfolio. I keep a little profile. I, I'm not on much for social, except for LinkedIn. I do love LinkedIn, so um, I guess that would be my channel. Guys, thank you so much for taking part in Startupville once again. This catch-up has been enlightening for me and hopefully for other people as well thank you for watching and uh, we will catch you on our next episode startupville is brought to you by innovation place helping grow the tech sector in saskatchewan canada and produced in partnership with martin charlton communications at wetellyourstories.ca our show is produced by me mike wolsfeld and our host dan gold our theme music is from gg riggs and reactor productions Learn more about us and our guests at innovationplace.com slash startupville or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Startupville Pod. See you next time on Startupville.